So I'm not sure what happened to your calendar invite, Gigi. Um, so. Okay, yeah, I checked it, and I don't know. It has 9 o'clock, so I'll, I'll look into it. Okay. Peter, well, I, thought, I, just, I thought that we were trying to eliminate her. We just weren't going to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographers Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now your hosts, Peter DeMott and Gigi Embricks. This is Peter DeMott, your host for the Equine Photographers Podcast, and this is Gigi Embricks, your co-host. And we've uh, invited Richard Horst from Montana to talk to us about his photography business. Hi, Richard. Hi, how are you? Good. Richard, uh, we start these usually with just trying to figure out where you got involved with horses and where you got involved with photography and how the two have come to together. So okay. give us a little of your background story on on both of those things. Okay. First of all, you can call me Rick. Richard's just my professional name to make me sound professional. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so horses. Uh, yeah. I guess you could say... Well, I grew up back east, but uh, I've always been around horses. My my great-grandfather had owned a farm and had kept Arabians on the farm for friends and guests and then also family use. But I actually grew up not liking horses because the only thing I knew as a child growing up was get on and hold on because the Arabians, the Arabians were just very, very high-strung, very uppity. Mm-hmm. And so I never really had that much of an affection for them. And then at our home uh, where I grew up, my sister had two horses. Um, but I was always up in the morning early. So I was the one that ended up taking care of her horses for her. So it wasn't until I moved to Wyoming that I actually had a passion and or a liking for horses because everything associated with them up to that point was, was not so much. Was Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. And then uh, after I... Uh, Became the black sheep of my family and decided to move away from family businesses and and move to Wyoming. Uh, I found an appreciation and fell in love with horses because uh, they enabled me to go to places most people don't. And they enabled me to go explore and see things that I always dreamed about. So um, So how did you end up in Montana? I ended up in Montana after the guest ranch that we were managing in Wyoming. Um, The owner saw the economic downturn coming and decided decided to get out before it was too late. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were very, very um, helpful in finding my wife and I another position in this area. I knew I wanted to live and raise my kids in the greater Yellowstone area. Um, There's really no reason necessary to explain that. It's just you just got to be here. You understand it. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted to grow, have my kids grow up here. So we found this position here managing this ranch. And it's a, a breeding training uh, operation, basically. Um, we're the, we manage the uh, largest herd of Rocky Mountain horses on the planet. Wow. Um, so, so again, my job, um, my big job, my main job, my real job, I guess you could say, uh, is managing horses. So um, back to Wyoming. I, once you spend time in the backcountry on horses and you understand that 
you rely on them, they rely on you. And if you don't work together, you may not come home. Uh, you, you, you start to understand a lot of the intricacies of the horse itself and, and really draw this connection and passion for them. Um, and if you don't, things end badly. So all my years in Wyoming and then all my years managing here, uh, I, I kind of understand equine very, very well. I may not be the best rider in the world, but I understand equine very well. And I try and show that in my photography by keeping it very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully that answers a lot of your question in a nutshell. Well, that answers the first part. Where did the photography come in? High school for me. I grew up back in the... And I always had a passion for Ansel Adams' work. Like probably, you know, 99.9% of the photographers. I thought he was amazing. So in high school... I uh, took a photography class and ended up taking three photography courses in high school, built a dark room in my parents' downstairs bathroom, the whole nine yards. So I was It's very, almost very, identical to what I did uh, yeah. in terms of bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it, was, it was the downstairs basement bathroom, which nobody ever used, you know, and, and I convinced my parents to let me turn it into a dark room. So I did. And then, you know, I shot photographs for three or four years in high school and maybe a little bit when I first. Uh, started college, but then I started chasing money and, and jobs and all that kind of stuff and got away from photography mm-hmm. and, and honestly missed it, but I just didn't have time for it. And then once we uh, moved to Wyoming um, and always had a handheld kind of Instamatic kind of point and shoot camera, and I did a lot of pack trips for the guest at that guest ranch and was taking pictures and taking pictures and taking pictures. And a lot of people said, man, we've never seen this stuff. And they were just point-and-shoot photographs. Um, And then when we moved here to Montana and took this position, um, I started to have a little bit more time and a little bit more leniency with my time and really, really got back into photography um, because it was, I don't know, it was a a driving, something kept calling me to do it because I kept seeing things differently than a lot of people with horses. And it was my wife who said, you know, you probably ought to do something about this. You, you have something there. You need to explore this. And so for basically the past four, maybe five years, probably closer to four years, I've just jumped in with both feet and, and really started to rekindle this passion that I had. And, and that's what kind of brought me to here and meeting you on Facebook, Peter. So that's right. where we're at. You know, I found you on uh, Horse Critique, uh, Horse Photos Critique page on Facebook uh-huh. and uh, you kind of brought some things and said, Hey, what do you think of this? And got feedback. What do you think about the feedback you're getting? You know, I, I like it. Um, I, I, there's a lot of times I wish, and I, like you said in the, in the introduction email you sent me, I'm, I'm going to talk like I'm talking to friends. I really wish people would be almost more critical. Right. Um, because I, I think on Facebook, everybody wants a like and everybody wants to feel good and, and everything's peaches and cream and roses, but it's not really like that. I'm, when I post something there, I try and keep it as basic as I don't like to say a whole lot about it because I'm, I'm trying to get other people to say something about it. Right. And, and obviously it's a good picture or what I thought was a good picture. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it there, mm-hmm. but I don't want to hear, Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's lovely. I want to hear did you ever think about that? Did you ever think about this? And how about that? And why not this? And, you know, but Facebook, I think, is to make people feel good. And, right, right. 
stuff like that. But I, I wish it was a little bit more critical because my wife is very critical because she sees things differently than I do and, and vice versa. But I want to hear what other people out there are saying negatively so I can improve. Not, I don't want to hear it's good. I, I, if I didn't think it was good, I wouldn't have posted it kind of a deal. Right. Yeah. I would suggest um, finding another professional and have them critique your work. I did that um, with Scott Trees and Shelly Paulson. And uh, boy, it really bumps you up. I mean, they give it to you straight and, and they're there to help you improve. And it, it really it really helps your work, you know, to go and, up yes, another level. Scott, Scott and I had a dialogue uh, a couple of times via Facebook and emails and stuff like that. And, and I think, Peter, you and I have had two um, mm-hmm. dialogues back and forth. And it does help because, um, you know, in a nutshell, my horse photography is not – I'm just going to be broad here. Yeah. You know, usually, usually it's a woman or a girl. Uh, who has a big affection for the horse and they dress really pretty and they clean up their horse really pretty and then they go out in the field and they take a photograph. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I, I understand the connection. I understand the passion for that. But to me, that's not where I want to go with my photography. I want to keep it real the way it happens when it's happening, whether it's a competition, it's a trail ride, it's a day in the pasture or it's mucking stalls. I try and keep my photography the way it's happening in real life. I don't like it staged um, even though I've been criticized that a lot of my photographs look staged, they really are not. I've right. bet you I can count on one hand the amount of times I've actually staged a photograph with equine in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I want to take my photography is I want to capture that moment, that image in that particular place, the way it's actually happening. Um, and then make it all rosy and peaches and cream. But, right. um, that's, so I, I mean, I see that you have kind of a nature photographer's, look to everything you do and you're out there in rolling hills and mountains with horses and frost on the ground and I guess it's your daughter maybe with you occasionally yes occasionally yeah and that's really very interesting to see a cute little girl and then all of a sudden there's five horses behind her grazing in frosted grass Yeah, she's uh, she's got the horse gene just like my wife, and and here in Montana, you know that's that's the way life is here in Montana. You know, it's a young girl who just wants to be around the horses. So um, if she wants to be around them, she still has to go out and check on them when they're least, you know, past their grazing leases, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the weather's not always nice, and and but she she's got an amazing gift and, and she's starting to explore that now, but it never hurts to have a really cute kid in your photograph. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait. That, yeah, that's a secret, but, uh, you know, <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, it adds the contrast, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the child and then the, I wouldn't call them wild horses. They're part of your herd, but, um, just the horses in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. And that you know that image that you're you're talking about was taken. We have a state lease. It's about a mile and a half by a mile and a half. Uh-huh. And, and we turn them up there, and and a lot of the horses actually up there are unbroke. Um, and if I think it's one image that you're referring to, it's got that Palomino horse. She's pretty much unbroke. Um, never really been handled. And but these horses are drawn to kids. And I just happened to capture this moment where my daughter was uh, you know showing affection toward this horse and this horse was an unbroke horse was showing affection back and and there it was boom captured that and and i'm pretty proud of that image and 
and it's it's done quite well for me and uh, but it shows the way it really happened at that given time so you say it's done real well for you what does that mean I've won some international photo competitions with it um, oh, cool. as, as a portrait competition, believe it or not. And it wasn't taken as a portrait, although I guess mm-hmm. technically you could kind of call it that. But uh, yeah, I, it's drawn a lot of attention to me. Like I said, it won an international photo competition, so I'm happy with it. So let's explore where you're headed in terms of a business of photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've noticed your RAM pictures recently, very nature, interesting kind of pictures, but uh, are you figuring out how to create a additional living or from this in terms of money? Yeah, I mean, as long as the tax guy's not listening. Uh, <laughs> we don't, we, don't, we the mute phone, them. Right? We mute the tax guy. <laughs> I think there's a lot of uh, people and photographers out there that would like to make a business out of it, and mm-hmm. I would like to add a supplemental business, uh, but I think there's that fear of letting go with the real job and then diving in and committing 100% to the photography business where I'm not sh- – it's, it's a very saturated market out there. There's a lot sure. of super equine phot- – I mean people that are making images that I'm not really sure I could do as well, if not better. Um, and But I think there's some avenues because of my position now and, and some of the events we go to where I could probably – do it full time and do quite well at it. Right well, I now, it's I don't right know that fun. you need to be full time if you have a career as this, uh, you know, uh, ranch manager. There's nothing wrong with having a half time photography business, but yeah, and that's uh, kind of I'm about a third, maybe a quarter, because my wife is involved in in cowboy dressage. And so I, a lot of those images that I posted from about a month ago mm-hmm. um, were, were taken at the world finals. So, at, you know, I was there taking images of my wife mm-hmm. and, it, you know, when you're carrying around two or three cameras and you look all fancy and professionally, a lot of people are like, you know, can you take pictures of me? So now it's kind of evolved into where I think I'm going to be hired to be the photographer for that event next year. And then I've already been asked to be photographer for some of the other equine events coming up here in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's evolving into um, a side business, I guess you could say. Right. And obviously, there's there's a lot of sales potential just being at those events because most people don't have they have the point and shoot photographs of them at an event. They don't have a professional photographer doing the work for them. So I I think there's a lot of potential there, and I think that's where I'm headed on the equine side of things. Mm-hmm. How how are you planning on uh, setting up the sales end of that at the events? Absolutely no clue. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was wondering if you knew what you were doing yet. Uh, I am winging. Yeah, I mean, feel free to give me any advice you'd like. I, you know, my wife and I have had just the other day had a discussion um, because I'm I'm shooting at the Colorado Horse Expo, which is. A huge event in Colorado, and when's that coming I, up? That's going to be in March, and uh, I, I honestly don't know how I'm going to handle it because I'm, I'm doing work for the the person that's managing and running the event for his marketing material, okay. and then I, I already have a lot of requests for me to go shoot people at their particular event that they're participating in. So, but you're um, not the official photographer for the whole shooting match. Oh yeah, I am. Um, okay, so you're not, you're expected to be taking pictures of everybody. 
Yeah. And okay. <laughs> you sound, you sound uh, worried. <laughs> nothing like jumping uh, both feet in all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even subtle. It was just bam, there it is. And yeah. And so I'm in my mind. Um, you know, I'm not. I don't really have it all lined out right now. Okay. But, well, uh, you know, just to uh, discuss it a little bit, Gigi, you can uh, chime in, but. Um, I think you're going to want to have several viewing stations where people can buy while they're there because it seems to be that the as soon as they leave, the chances of them buying decreases exponentially. 100% agree. 100%. Yeah. So you would have to have some people that know how to find uh, the pictures you've taken, the, you know, hours before or the day before so that they can look at the pictures that you've taken of them and say, yes, I want an eight by 10 of this and an eight by 10 of that. And then you'll have some, maybe some suggested packages, you know, that are in the, I don't know, 20 to $75 range. And then if they want to have them for commercial use and different things like that, you might have even some higher packages. Yeah, and I found that um, with the equine mm-hmm. end of photography, if you don't capture that moment and that that uh, you know that emotion of wanting what they see right now, it, right. You know, a week, oh, you get home, yeah, yeah, it's not there. And right. That's one. Yeah, you're 100 percent correct on that. What, do you have any input for them? Well, I was just going to say, um, depending on the date of the event, you know, I may be available for an, as a assistant if you're it depends on the date though because i'm leaving for belgium in march but um yeah i think you might need a couple extra hands to yeah yeah i i I, yeah i wish there was uh i wish there was two of me at this point but i I think it's mid to late march i'm not sure when you're going to be in belgium yeah i've got to be leaving by the 15th so i'll probably be gone that's why I would love to do this kind of work too, but it seems like I'm. Whenever there's an event that I want to do, then I have to be in somewhere else. So, <laughs> I, you know. Yeah. But because uh, I, 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 I think I'm, I'm, I'm where you're at with this, Gigi, and, and I, I think I'm going to have to have somebody help me because I, I just there's it's a huge complex, and there's there's multiple things there's multiple things happening. You know, at the you same more time, than one so photographer, and then you need somebody that can process the images and put them out and get them ready for people to make choices. Right. You need to have price sheets ready and order forms and all kinds of things like that. Which is which is kind of a a, a conundrum because I got chosen because of the way I process my images and the way I shoot, and for me to let somebody else go take those images it, see, that's that's where i'm having a hard time well you probably could take the images but you need is some background help like someone to okay you hand them your sd card and they like upload them and then they get them to the viewing part and then they talk to the people so you can just shoot all day and you don't have to do all that other work that's probably more what you need or i've put art in that you know horse expo but i've never really went around and watched is there several arenas or is it just one or you know if there's more then you probably need somebody else too but um well we're trying to get a hold of some event photographers um maybe we'll have an episode where you know they'll give you some insight too 
Or maybe we can steer him towards someone, um, Peter. Well, I, I would think uh, a couple of connections that we have, we can at least have him, uh, we'll send him, send Rick your their emails, right, Rick, so that yeah. you can give him a call or an email and say, hey, I'm setting up for this, give me some help. And they'll gladly do it, so. That would be super. Yeah. It's nice to talk to someone, I think this is helpful to our listeners, who is on the cusp of, okay, it's starting to go into a business now, what do I do next? Because that's a big, right. that's yeah. a big stage. I mean, that's a stage no one talks about. The seasoned photographers, you know, it it comes, you know, second nature to them. They've been doing it for years and years. But for for a few of us that are, you know, starting out, now it's starting to come into a business. Um, there's a lot of things we need to know and and help with, and and that's kind of why you know we had this idea for this podcast too, because right. And and on, on that note. I've talked to, um, I've been fortunate enough to get some advice from a well-known professional photographer uh, on the wildlife end of things that started his own business. And the one thing he told me was that if you don't do it right and take the right steps at the right time, you can put yourself in a position to be almost blacklisted forever. So right. you have to make sure you're doing the right things at the right time. And and that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm 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 nervous about doing the wrong thing at the right time because I, you know, right. That's yeah, you don't you don't so, give up opportunities because this is a great opportunity. But sure. um, then you know you're you're probably I would be nervous too is you know getting it all right and it I mean everybody has to start and if you're right. you know if you're doing it intentionally as best you can that's all that's all they can expect you know. The other thing about event type photography uh, is I know that you've, you know, that most of what I've seen you do is stills that are, you know, out in nature. I haven't mm. seen a lot of your other work yet, but, uh, you know, there's a certain point in the, the gallop or the trot that is considered the ideal image of that particular venue, and you'll need to work on figuring that out before you get there too. So, yeah, and that's you know my wife does the gated thing with the gated horses, and, and I get that, I understand mm -hmm. that. But there's you know there's going to be multiple breeds, multiple events, and and I started looking. So you're going to have to study up. Stuff. Yeah, I my, mean I know I know the quarter horse thing pretty well. Um, you know we did the reining and the cow horse kind of stuff on the quarter horse and things. I, I get all that. Right. Um, but when you get into the standard breads and the Andalusians and and Morgans are pretty easy because they're very similar to what my wife does but there's yeah I understand exactly what you're saying Peter and, and mm -hmm. yeah that's another thing that keeps me up at night thanks for reminding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know it's well, we're trying to get you some good connections so you can get some information fairly quickly yeah your Appreciate work is, is up to par it's just a matter of organization really you know mm -hmm. yeah. and, and sometimes that takes us more time than it does to do the photos, that's for sure. Well, and then, then you go from, okay, so do my camera bodies, are they going to be able to handle what I'm going to throw at them? Should I get something else? Do I need to spend money to make money? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's then it snowballs from that. And you're just, and then you, you know, you see other equine photographers out there and you look at their equipment and their lenses and their camera bodies and you're like, well, should I be in that? 
or should, do I need that? And why does he have that? And, and a lot of people are so competitive, they don't want to tell you everything. Right. They just tell you. They just tell you enough to brag about themselves, and then they end it there. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's true. I just sounds bad, but that's true. No, you know? it's true. I'm, I'm laughing about, because I found that to be true myself. So yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'm not like that. I um, I'm going down to Wyoming here. I'm leaving after this phone call, and I'm going to go shoot some wildlife images. And I've had a lot of people say, "Well, can I come with you?" And I'm like, "Well, sure." And they're like, "Will you help me?" I'm like, "Well, sure." Do I need to pay you? Why would you pay me for that? I'm going to be shooting too. And I'll tell you everything I know. And it might help. It might not. But then there's a lot of people that don't want to tell you a thing about how they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I get that. I guess if it's your business and it's your main source of income, you don't want to give all your secrets away. But I also feel like if your work's strong enough, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. And no one is in the exact same spot at the exact same time. And everybody has their own style. You have a... a distinct style so it, it there's nothing there's nothing threatening about it you know sharing right and i just uh, you know like like i just posted a wildlife image here yesterday and i had no less than four other people that i showed them how to get to these sheep and find that image they all took that same image but mm-hmm. we have all different versions of it i mean drastically different versions of it right and that's the way it is with this thing you know a lot of my images i'm sure peter you would have done completely different than what I did. And it would have been the same image and taken at the same place at the same time. But I know looking at your stuff, your, yours would have been black and white compared to the image that I made. And that's why mm-hmm. I just, I just wish a lot of photographers would be more like, Hey, I try this and you maybe you should try that. And you know, I saw this, maybe you should try that. Or this lens would really make your style look that much better, but you, it's hard to get that information from people. Right. Well, you know, it, I think the internet helps with that. So that, you know, you, if you can talk to people that are not in your direct competitive area. Right. Uh, but, of course, you know, your nature work is going to be competitive on a national and international basis. Sure. Uh, sure. So, yeah. They, but, I, I mean, I have a nature photographer that's one city away from me that has come and spoke to our professional photographers group several times. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm sure, you know, he goes out to Yellowstone quite frequently sure, to shoot bears and other animals and things. You, I'll try to connect you with him just to sure. say hi. But Oh, you bet. You bet. And, yeah. and I, you know, I'm a very independent loner type person. But uh, right. I, I do enjoy if someone's very, 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 pa- I mean, passionate, like crazy passionate about it. I love to go shoot with people like that because if you can get them talking and they're passionate about it, they don't ever shut up. Right. So you learn. Well, I'm that. sure if if you went shooting at about the same time he was there, uh, you would definitely uh, connect up really well. I noticed you have a it looks like a 600 millimeter lens. 500 millimeter and uh, yeah and and i i picked that um and that kind of plays in a huge role um because you know the things that that 500 prime lens does you can't do with zoom lenses and stuff like that but it's also i picked 500 because it's lighter than the six or the four uh you know the four gives you f 2.8 and and low light and all that kind of stuff and blah 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 but you know it's several pounds heavier and a lot of my stuff, um, and even my equine stuff, I am going places and, and doing things that most people don't do, and I have a backpack on. So when you're carrying 
you know, two or three lenses, two or three bodies, all your tripod, all that stuff. It gets very, very heavy. And I picked that lens specifically because um, it gave me distance, but it also gave me a little bit less weight to carry. Right. And, and I could not be happier with it. And so is this Canon or Nikon stuff? Uh, I thought – I didn't know there was another – uh, oh, you're, you're the, definitely the Nikon. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're you know, talking to yeah. two Canon users right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's understand. That's why there's two of you, and then there's only one Nikon guy like me because yeah. it takes two. Canon. Yeah. But you know, honestly, Peter, um, the reason I went with Nikon is so I could interchange anybody with any lens, and that's that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. I mean the. You know, I really, really wish Nikon would come out something comparable to the One DX because that's an incredible machine. But um, yeah, it's I shoot Nikon, and like I said, simply because I talked to a lot of people before I decided I wanted to go max all my credit cards and, and buy camera equipment, and I just thought it made sense for me to stay with something that I could interchange anything, and that's sure. so I, I've learned Nikon, and that's that's just where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's really no big deal either way. As long as you're using professional equipment and you know prime lenses and stuff, and it's, figuring it's, out it's, what's needed for different types of photography. I I am curious. Um, have you figured out a way to monetize some of your scenic work yet? Are you working on that, or are you just going to drift toward the events and make your money there? Um. Well, as long as the tax man's not listening, um, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people approach me about some of my um, backcountry, um, you know, where I've taken a lot of the horse images, um, but a lot of my backcountry um, scenic photographs. So, and they're starting to to get a lot of interest in people asking, and I've sold quite a few lately. So, so yeah, do you have a website with pictures that can be purchased, or is it just through Facebook, or what's going on? Oh uh, no, I do have a website. It's um www. obviously it's just richardhorsephotography.com. And I'm starting to put more and more stuff there. Um and I was hesitant to start to put images up there at first because you know, I don't want to be caught in the well that's great. What else do you have? So I wanted to start to build a, a big deep portfolio before I started putting too much stuff up there, but um I I have probably I don't know, a small percentage of my photographs up there now, and it's it's starting to get some traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all cool. a lot of, it all takes time. A time of physical time and time in, you know, to get known and to get out there. And, but. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I only wish that it could go as fast as the interest accruing, uh, accumulating on my credit cards that I use to buy all the equipment, but it doesn't <laughs> seem to work out that way. No, so this, so your equipment you bought all three or four years ago and you're still paying for it? No, I know. I, you know, I'm, I am always, uh, I have this flaw and, and I, I overanalyze and then I always second guess. So I've traded bodies, traded lenses and, and done all kinds of crazy stuff. The only, yeah, I mean, the only thing that's still kind of out there is, is that big 500 millimeter lens that, you know, costs more than, most vehicles out there, which is oh, crazy. Those run the 500 millimeter lens is what that I bought. You know, I bought it four? used. Oh, that's eight eight grand. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but you know, it's it's starting to pay for itself. So I'm not going to complain. Right. And uh, you know, it's yeah. I mean, it's 
teach a kid photography, you don't have to worry about, you know, he won't have money for drugs or anything else. So yeah, true. Same uh, with horses. True. <laughs> it goes along with yeah, horses, too. I, yeah. <laughs> you don't have time. Yeah. I, with regard to the horses, where do all these Rocky Mountain horses end up, or what's the purpose of this ranch that you manage? Um, well, you know, it was, it's a, I'll try and nutshell this for you. The owner of the ranch got involved in horses Back, his son was um, very introverted, and when they introduced his son to horses, he finally started to talk, interact, have social skills, all that kind of stuff. So this immediately, the owner of the ranch was jumped into horses with both feet. So it's a, there's a very, very strong bond and connection between his family and horses. And then he started this Rocky Mountain breed. Um, it's a gated breed, and they right. are trail horses. Yeah, they are trail horses. They're now they're they're in so many venues now competitively as well. They're they were this very undiscovered breed about ten or fifteen years ago, but now they're very getting very very popular because their nickname is the Golden Retriever of horses. They're they're so gentle, so calm, so willing, so friendly. They're not high strung like a lot of these other breeds in different applications and, and venues and. Um, they have this extra gear, which is this very, very smooth gait, which plays well to people that don't like to be bounced around when they're riding. Um, and it, it's starting to catch on and get very popular. But So is he yeah. selling horses all over the country? or All over uh, the world. Oh, okay. You know, the horse market kind of um, tanked here the last couple of years. Um, as, as the economy tanks, the horse market tanks. I mean, it's... It's it's not brains, you know. It's not rocket science or brain surgery, um, and you know people don't have disposable income. But now the economy's starting to kind of turn around a little bit. Um, we're getting some more interest, so you know we we kind of dumb back things a little bit, and now we're starting to pick up again. But mm-hmm. you know, we I'd say most of our sales are probably within two to three states from here, Montana. But we have sold this breed, like I said, internationally, mm-hmm. um, and then that might happen again. Yeah, yeah. It's it seems like it's picking up. Everything's starting to pick up a bit. Yeah, right. which is a good which is a good thing. Um, gives us a little bit anxiety because you got to get horses ready, and and we're very particular who the horses go to and where they spend the rest of their lives. But it's a good thing, right? So uh, I guess we kind of cut things off at thirty forty minutes, and uh, it's about time to do that now. Uh, you want to tell us where we can find you on Facebook, and I, I got your website already. Rick, where where can people find you, and what's, what's your email address and stuff like that? Okay. Um, Facebook is just uh, – there's two. There's Richard Horst, um, which is me, and then I have my business webpage, which is Richard Horst Photography, LLC. Um, email address is Photography at gmail.com. Um, and the only thing that uh, I'd like to add – um, on the horse end of things is is so many people like to copy or emulate somebody else's stuff because they like it, but I purposely try and take my equine photography to places where most people don't go, most people don't do, and, and that's the backcountry, the mountains, and horses doing things that those horses were meant to do. Right. And, and, and you don't see a lot of that. You see some of the, the workshops in Colorado and Wyoming and stuff where – the cowboys are running in horses and things like that. But you don't see a lot of the really good uh, photographers out there taking images of horses on the trail, horses 
at an event or, or horses with um, maybe groups of trail riders doing things and, and, and things like that. So that's what I've tried to do with my photography is, is bring to light. The main reason people buy their horses is, I think, is mostly to trail ride. If you look at it, they're mostly pets. Mm-hmm. And, and so many horses do so many incredible things that you never see in a very good image. So I think that's what I'm trying to do my equine photography. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. I enjoy I love the way you place the horses in the environment. You know, it's just yep. stunning. And also, um, well, I, I do fine art, so also it's it, it looks great mm-hmm. on a wall. You know, I mean, if you just love yeah. horses, those are great images to hang on the wall too. So, yeah. And that's, and that's why I appreciate the. I mean, the, I love to hear that kind of stuff because there's a lot of people that want to see the standard kind of post kind of stuff. But for me and horses, I mean, they took me to those places and provided me a way to get to those places in that type of environment, which is where I like to be. So I wanted to portray them in that environment because mm-hmm. they deserve that kind of credit, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I have to it's agree. Great. It's my kind of way of photographing too. I like, like you say, you know, it's happening right now. This is the way it looks and this is the way it is instead of staging right. and right. grooming. And yeah, but it, you know, yep. there's room but for I, all types of equine photography. That's what's so a hundred percent. And I, I think me personally, um, I just want to give them the accolades that they deserve. And I think, me that's the best way that i could do that all right well hey thank you so much for being with us today we want to encourage people to go to itunes and subscribe we've come up with a schedule of sending out a podcast on the first and the 15th of each month and uh, so we are working to have interesting variety Uh, types of photography and types of equine photography, especially, um, and encourage you to visit our website and join our email list. We hope to also include some special things in the email list when we get a sponsor for the show. And Gigi, you want to add anything? No, I just, um, it, you know, I think you and I both, Peter, are, are amazed at how well this is, you know, going for us. And I think it's because of guests, you know, we're getting a variety of guests that, like you, Richard, that are very honest, open, and willing to share. And that's our, you know, that's our goal, is to get information to everybody so we can all learn. Right. And it seems like we learn from some something new from every podcast that we uh, do so. We would love people to hit the comment button on our website and comment about this particular podcast and say, "Hey, what were what were the gems that you found?" Uh, so that we can get people interacting a little bit, and that that just makes it more fun for everybody. Thank you for your time, everyone, for listening to our podcast. And Gigi and Rick, we'll see you later. Bye. All right. Thanks for, thanks for the opportunity. Yep. Sure. Thanks for joining us for the Equine Photographers Podcast. We hope that you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn, grow, and be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding equine image makers.